We are so glad to have you tuned in to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. I'm your host, John Fowler, along with Pastor Jay Mace, today from the Winfield campus of the Pulse. And we're so glad to have you tuned in to this day. We are excited because we're in the middle of getting ready to launch uh, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week radio station. And we will be posting the app real soon. Uh, for you to download from Apple and um, what's that other phone that people use? Android. Yeah, flip that switch on it. Android, yeah. So the Android, Android's already set up, but you have the Android, and uh, we're just waiting on the uh, the Apple uh, to be set up and ready to go. So we are really excited. And, you know, Pastor Jay, and you know this as well as I do, we've known each other for over 30-plus years back before – um, Christy and I were even married mm-hmm. and we've been married 34 years. And so, uh, we went to, uh, if you remember right, we went to Lamaze together yep. with our wives, uh, including Tim Moore. So I'm surprised we I'm all glad, didn't get I'm thrown glad out. I'm glad you clarified that, yeah, that we did. went with, uh, yeah. with our wives. Just so they didn't think it was just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> just stay in time. Breathe, Jay, breathe. And, uh, of course you all bailed out early because Luke, uh, Luke arrived early. Yeah, Sam was put on bed rest and, uh. Yeah, and then um, then we had uh, then Tim, then Kaylee uh, showed up, and then John Christopher was uh, was uh, was last out of that the week before Christmas, and so but we all did that together, and I said that to say this: I remember um, you and me sitting on a bus uh, along with Christy. You know, Christy was on there that that time too, and we were going local uh, to a gospel sing. I was singing, playing bass for the Lordsman, mm-hmm. and you were friends with Ray and the, and the family. Yep. And we were so young. We were. I think that was before you even went to the Marines. Yeah, you were probably. Even, yeah, 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 you were. Yeah, because I I did it backwards. I went uh, I went to two years of college, then went in the Marines. Oh, okay. And then came back and finished. And, and so we're sitting, at, and and especially you and Christy in these deep conversations years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, and then, you know, we have this ministry that that we are a part of. Yeah. The, the, the 30, and those were stepping stones to it, and we never knew it. Never had a clue. Never had a clue. Yeah. And and something else is my background was radio. Mm-hmm. Christie's background radio. Well, and I DJed. You DJed when I was at, at UK. Oh, and you got campus bo- radio. Plus yeah. we got Bopper. Yeah. Plus we got John Sandy. You know John Sandy. That's how I met John Sandy was in radio. Yeah. And then he introduced me to James Ashworth, and James Ashworth mentored me for years and changed my life. Yep. And so <clears throat> I guess I'm saying all this to say this is that you may think you're out on an island somewhere by yourself, but you're really not because mm-hmm. God will center people around you that may be the ones that will work with you in in the future, 30 years down the road. Yeah. You never know. So, I mean, you stop and think. You've pastored country churches. I've pastored country churches. You know, we're more edgy now and, you know, with the Pulse Church. And having more fun than probably this is kind of like my wheelhouse. And you're an awesome pastor, and you you do yeah. great things, and and God's faithful in in your preaching, and and so it's just really exciting. And no wonder, no wonder, the devil hates us. <laughs> you know, we don't give him any rest. No, yeah, and no intention He's to a, either. <clears throat> you know, these people who who say they suffer from panic attacks. Satan is a full-fledged panic attack all day. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so, and if uh, I heard Jonathan Shuttlesworth say one day, he said, he said, whatever drives the devil mad, mm-hmm. do it twice as much. Yeah. You know, and I like that. I thought, man, that is really good. But I'm excited. Yeah. I, you know, talking about that, I know we wanted to get into last week's message, but talking about that, I found, um, I'm going to find it here so I read it properly and not butcher it by trying to remember it um i found this on uh i don't know twitter um so what you sent me yesterday or something yeah and and i just thought it was phenomenal and i love the way people i love quotes if you know me you know i know i love quotes and i have stickums of things all over the place until i memorize it but um it says if you minister from your flesh you will never reach someone's spirit and isn't that ultimately what we're called to do yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think I've ever heard someone say it on that, in that context before. 
You know, I've heard people say, you know, uh, you know, your soul needs Jesus and, and, and things like that. But, but as ministers, right, we're called to be ministers of reconciliation, right? right. That's yeah. scripture. And, and who sure. are we reconciling? Of course, we're trying to reconcile man, but ultimately we're trying to reconcile man to God. Right. Right. So it means that we have, we have to appeal to them on a spiritual level. That's good. For them to for them to grasp spiritual things mm-hmm. and for them to, to grasp God and his love right. for them. You know, man can't be saved unless they are drawn of what? The spirit. The spirit, yeah. You know, their God's spirit and, and their spirit have to have a moment. And and so I love that. If you minister from your flesh, you will never read someone's spirit. Until you allow God to break you, flesh will strive to change flesh. And um, it goes on to say, brokenness before God and brokenness for those who are hurting. Allow God's spirit to come upon you for service, and then he gets all the glory. Amen. Right. And and I think, you know, and, and people think, yeah, I've I've been called jealous and all kinds of stupid things because because I say things like this. But I think we live in this day and age where we tell good people, good people, right, to go to seminary mm. to learn how to be a preacher. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And and they go and and they quote unquote learn how to be a preacher. Right. But maybe have never been called. Wow! Right? Yeah. And 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 you know, not saying that God doesn't move through them and and on them because God's word does not return to him void, but but maybe they don't have that that spiritual anointing to touch someone's spirit. Right. Right. And man, what an what an overwhelming realization. That's good. When we understand that when Jesus says to follow after me. You know, and, and it seems like this comes up in, in everything lately. But to come after me, to follow after me, to do what I do, mm-hmm. deny yourself. Yeah. Right? Crush crush yourself. Yes. Right? And and take up death. We right. talked about this last week. Yeah. Take up death. Take up your cross. The cross was known as as as, as a symbol of death. And um, take up your cross and follow me. Right. And, and, you know, so I, I, I just randomly ran across this and, um, I'm not on Facebook nearly as much. If I'm on Facebook, I'm either posting something about Jesus, something about coffee or something about my family or yeah. something that I think is hilariously funny that nobody laughs at. <laughs> so that, that's pretty much what you get from me on Facebook. And I'm just um, posting sermons and music and all this other yeah. stuff. Um, so I don't know if it was Facebook or I don't know if it's Twitter because I do follow some people on, on Twitter um, and different things. And, and, you know, cause I find my way to, to good things that way. Um, and social media is what you make it. If you want to make it garbage, it'll be garbage. If you want yeah. to make it good and and only follow and and see good stuff, you you can you can absolutely control that. But I came across that yesterday and I was just like, "Man, that's that's phenomenal. That's a phenomenal quote right there that that we all need to keep in perspective." So, do you think that you know, do you think that somebody one of the topics that that you had uh, had talked about in your sermon on Sunday, and and I, I I just sat there and and wrote it down, and then I I looked at it. Struggling with sin means that you have all the world that you want. And I thought about that. Now you didn't say it like that. Okay, I was yeah trying you, to remember. Yeah, okay. you you didn't say it like that, but you said struggling with sin, and then and then I wrote down means that you have all the world that you want. And I thought about that. I thought, wow, how that is. And people are constantly, and, and you, you'll hear this as well as I do, they'll say, how you doing today? Yeah. Oh, I'm just struggling. You know, struggling. And in in life sure you can and and I don't want to I don't want to belittle or say that you know you're not saved if you struggle or you you know everyone's dealing with something mm-hmm. you know within their life but is there a place that you can get 
to where there's very little struggle. I think it goes back to dying. The more I, we die, yeah, you know, I, and I think that's the the key. And I'm right? gonna, I'll be right back, but I I feel left out here, so I'll be right back. You you keep talking. I'll, I'll be right back. Just one minute. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just feel kind of left out. Kind of left. Oh, you're. I know what you're going to do. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he kind of freaked me out, everyone. Hey, hi, everyone. Sorry, um, he kind of freaked me out when he left because I don't know how to control any of this stuff. But, um, yeah, I think I think we can reach a place because where we're not emotionally and mentally tapped into the struggle, and you know, to where we're abiding spiritually and much better um, where we're abiding spiritually and and being drawn into um, a realm where we're thinking uh, on Jesus, where we're thinking on, on ministry, where we're thinking on, you know, how to, how to best deliver people from their struggle Right. And, and and I think it is every bit of that crushing, because if we're not crushed, right, if we haven't come to that place and, and for some people to get crushed, man, you, you got to go through the hounds of hell to, to get crushed and everything else, because you, you hold on so much to the flesh. And, you know, for me, that was kind of what this was all about. And I don't think I've had nearly the the emotional and mental struggle that a lot of people have simply because I knew I, I grew up in it right I, I grew up in church I was one of those I was one of those kids that I was there every single time um, that that the doors were open no matter what the service was I, I was drugged to it and and I was there and I'm thankful for it I wasn't necessarily thankful for it at the time but I'm thankful for it now. And, and I'm thankful for people today that have the diligence to put church and to put the fervor of God because you think, oh, it's just church. It's just going to be a boring service or it's just going to be another youth service or it's just going to be this or that and the other. No, 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 no. You're looking at it entirely wrong and you're letting your kids look at it, at it entirely wrong because when you walk into the house of God, you're allowing his fervor and his spirit, and his drawing to do work. Mm-hmm. Will it do work that night? Maybe. Will it do work that day? Maybe, right? But it might be 10 years from now that a seed is planted that is used to, to draw your your home, to draw your, your friend, to draw your kid, to draw yourself out of a pit. Mm-hmm. And and if you're not subject to that now, then it's not gonna it's not gonna take root in you later. And um, so I was one of those kids. So I knew what this was, and I was clearly called to it. I was I was in boot camp at Paris Island, right? And I say this all the time, but I mean it. It's not it's not just a ritual saying for me. I I really mean this. I was in Paris Island <laughs> Marine Corps boot camp. And I was waking up dreaming of being in the pulpit preaching. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't get a whole lot of rest there anyway, right? Mental, physical, anything. And and then to be dreaming of preaching and waking up in that, God, I don't have time to deal with this right now (laughs) kind of place. And so that's where he called me to preach was in, in boot camp. Well, what was happening to me in boot camp? I was getting crushed. Yeah. Everything about who Jay was and everything that Jay wanted and everything that um, that Jay had created and, and everything that was Jay was getting stripped down, literally stripped down and crushed. All right. And I honestly believe that had I not gone to boot camp and 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 been in that place where I had nothing, I had no one except a few jerks yelling at me all day, every day, right? right? And you don't, you don't really create friendships in boot camp, uh, at least not where I was. I mean, maybe it's changed today. That was 30-plus years ago. But you don't, you don't create friends in boot camp. I created my, my Marine Corps friends after boot camp. But I'm not in contact with anybody I was in boot camp with. And, 
you know, I was getting crushed. I was being, I was being put on that island where all I really had was God and a few letters from home. Right. That was it. And, and so I was more focused on God helping me get through it than I ever was. And so you and this were, is when he began speaking to me. So you were at a good place spiritually when you were in boot camp? No, I wasn't. I, well, I'd rededicated my life, oh, okay. but I, I didn't have it all together by no means, right? I was, I was, you know, I rededicated my life about two weeks before I left and went because I knew I needed Jesus at boot camp, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of where it was. I'm not even sure that it was a, a spiritual awakening for me at that moment. It was just a realization of I'm going to need Jesus. I better, I better fix all this. Right. Now, I'm not, saying that the, I'm not saying that the redemption wasn't real. I'm just saying that I didn't have my head right yet. Okay. And, um, you know, so God put me in a place— and you can say, well, God didn't do that. You did that. Well, however it worked out, God took advantage of that place to begin to show me what his plan was. Right. Right. And I was subject to him. I was in a place where I needed his, I needed his help. All right. So what well, scared me to death? <laughs> no way. I'm not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and the thing about boot camp, they strip you down and then they build you up. Mm-hmm. You know, in, into this overbearingly uh, cocky, you know, I can All about I can you. take on the world. It's not so much that it's about you, but it's just, you know, you don't want someone in, in battle who, you know, who, who isn't confident. Has a in, self-confidence in issue. <laughs> right. And, and our senior drone instructor told us, and we're getting way off topic, but my senior drone instructor told us early on, he said, you guys that don't have a little bit of it in you, he said, you need to belly up to the people that do because you're not going to make it. You're not going to walk off my island wow. and so forth because, um, you know, I don't want someone that's second guessing themselves in the foxhole. Right. And from this day forward, you always need to figure out who belongs in your foxhole and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And and that's something I've, I, I evaluate, man, you know, and, and portraying that to to ministry you know it's kind of like man do i really want that guy in my foxhole all right you know when Here when, comes a battle. when yeah. push comes to shove man dude is is that somebody i can yeah. i can depend on to hold their hold, i'll hold my ground right but are they gonna hold their ground right you know and you know so there, there's all of that going on but anyway getting back to the point i was subject to god and god was able to speak to me and get my attention well i ran from it I was like, absolutely no way, God. I will, I will go to church. I'll, I'll be the guy that shows up for work party. I'll, I'll be that guy. But I'm not going to be that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And just again, I'd, I'd wake up preaching. I'd wake up preaching. I'd wake up preaching again and again and again and again. And and you know, um, I communicated it with a couple people. And, you know, immediately they responded, I always knew God had a call on your life. I'm like, you're not helping here. And, <laughs> and all of these things. And so I came to this place where I got off active duty and I was back home and it was real. And I had to do something about it. I mean, it was easy to hide. While I was while I was in in the military, right. you know, because I had a lot of things going on, a lot of places to go, and everything else, and and so I hid, and I got introduced to a lot of stuff that I'd never really been introduced to in in life because I you know I, I lived in a really good um, spiritual family, and um, so, so I was just not around a lot of stuff. How long were you in the and military? For four years. Four years. And well, and then and then came out in the reserves, but. Um, you know, so it was easy for me to hide from what God was doing in my life in in all of those environments, oh. right? And, you know, it's like I always knew. And so I really came to this place was I, I'm going to make him change his mind, right? And so I dove into sin with everything in me. Uh, and, you know, uh, drugs is about the only thing I didn't do, right? But I dove into sin. Because I felt like I could disqualify myself and God wouldn't want me. 
But what I found out through all of it, and this is this gets back to your question, sure. what I found out through all of that was when I was crushed and I was broken, and inside I was just a crumbling human being because I knew who I was. God had showed me who I was. I knew who I was. I knew who I was meant to be. But the flesh didn't want it. Mm -hmm. And I had to figure that out. So when I fell on my knees at my bedside and I prayed, in that prayer, I knew it all ends here. The sex, the alcohol, the attitude, the the fighting, the the mindset, all of all of the things I've made myself to be to run away from this. Mm-hmm. It all has to end here. Jay has to die. It mm-hmm. it has to end here because I can't carry that into what you're asking me to do. Wow. And and do it well. And and, and, you know, that teaching, that comes from growing up in it, mm-hmm. right? I, that wasn't just a momentary, oh, all of a sudden I got this figured out thing. No, I had grown up in it and knew what it meant. And so at that moment at my bedside, I I was determined. God, if you, if you want me to preach, it was a silent prayer. Let someone ask me to preach. You know the story. William Lane asked me like three days later to mm-hmm. preach the next Sunday night. Kidding me? No yeah. one heard that prayer, and literally, you give me three days. What was what happened on three third day? And William Lane lived it. Yeah, and, and what happened third any, day? What all third day? What happened third day? Stone was rolled away. Stone was rolled. Yeah, away. and 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 so symbolic to my life, stone was rolled away, and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Jay has to die, and so I think through through God's power, not my power, through God's power in that moment. I was able to say, it all ends here. Wow. It all ends here. John, I was determined I would never marry. You know, the things I had done for the last four years, I didn't deserve a wife, right? And and I was determined I would never marry. It was all about Jesus mm. for me from that point forward. Everything I would go to do, nope, that's not edifying. Nope, that doesn't glorify God. Wow. I mean, that was the mindset of my life at, at that time. So getting back to your question, I don't think I have the emotional and mental struggle that a lot of people in ministry do today because I've persecuted the flesh. I'm not saying I'm perfect. No, right? I understand what you I'm, mean. I'm not saying you I'm perfect. You died out to that. But I died out to the desires. Right. And, and I have this mindset that when something creeps out, you know, whether it creeps out of my mouth or, or whatever. And I mean, I don't practice sin. I, you right. know, I, I don't, if you don't believe me, live with me, walk with me for a few days. I don't practice sin. I'm not perfect. I accidentally do things and I'm like, oh, that probably wasn't the most glorifying thing I can do. I've got to fix that. Right. And I'm very focused on crushing myself. I'm very focused on denying myself. I'm very focused on not making this about me so much to the point I won't even let my put, put my name on church signs yeah. and everything else. I, I pastored, I, like that too. I pastored down in Polka and someone said, Hey, come and look and uh, everything else. I was like, what? He said, I just want to show you what I did. Well, they made a new church sign and I bless their heart. I love their heart. I love the reason for doing everything else. And real big at the bottom, pastor Jay Mason. It's like, don't like that. Don't, this is, I don't want this to right. ever be, about me and um you know because i want to stay crushed i want to you know i i don't want to do this from the flesh at any point right i mean you can you can know the scripture Mm -hmm. and you can pound your fist in the flesh Mm -hmm. and and be biblically correct but be spiritually verbose right right i mean i mean understand that The, the pharisees were biblically correct or law correct right mm-hmm. they were they were correct in a lot of those things now they had added two right and we can get into that in a whole other conversation but the problem is they weren't spiritually correct right and and so you know 
again, not not promoting in any way. This is all God's power and strength in me, not my own. But I think I've been able to avoid a lot of those struggles because, um, you know, I, I denied myself from the very beginning and never allowed it to be about me. Now I'll, I'll you know, I'll dress goofy and and you know. Um, and, and I don't do that to make a show. I don't do that to make a statement. I do it cause I like it. You know, I had a crazy shirt on Sunday and you know, I, I just, I like what I think are cool clothes. A lot of people tell me they're really not that cool, Jay, but, um, <laughs> whatever. I, if I like it, I'm going to, I'm going to wear it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about opinions on that. So. I was in the office the other day at, uh, at Winfield, uh, dropping some stuff off for Susan and, um, I saw some of your your clothes they were laying on the chair uh and I thought good lord what is that <laughs> and it's like but I watch you and I'm thinking oh man I can never compete you know oh, there's no way it's no competition you know one thing that um now what was it one time and that's a problem there's a lot of people out there competing yeah right my my only competition is satan yeah right and I'm and I'm going to take it to him every day I'm going to take it to him every day, right? Yeah. Because he's the only one. He's Amen. Only. I'm focused on Jesus. Yeah. And because I'm focused on Jesus, I, I want to rip him out of everybody I can. Yeah. And that's good. The um, didn't you preach this one time where you were? It was like right after you. I think you were called to preach, and and somebody you tried to hide in the back, and you yeah. and you weren't even dressed for preach. I mean, how were you dressed that day? I was in um, a pair of blue jeans, holy blue <laughs> jeans. I'd been I'd been cutting grass and and brush and and everything all day. And and mm-hmm. a speaker that I really wanted to hear was at a church. Just well, it was Rock Branch Community Church, oh, okay. where it was. And and um, uh, it was David Cook was coming to preach. And man, I mean, it's just a walking Bible. If oh, you ever yeah. listened to David Cook preach, I mean, he would just. He could just quote whole chapters and in, in under the anointing and just and just bring the fire and so I I really enjoyed it and I wanted to go hear him and it was real close to the house so I'd been working all day I was hot and sweaty and I looked down and and saw what time it was and I was like shoot um, I lost track of time so I literally ran in the house quick quick shower jumped out threw the first thing I, I saw on which was a pair of jeans that had big old hole in the knees and. <laughs> And and everything you know and and so forth and I just grabbed a Harley T-shirt because I, I I own a smorgasbord of of Harley T-shirts at the time and and I just grabbed the top Harley T-shirt I could find which was the Myrtle Beach Harley, Harley. shirt yeah I have a Bike collection week. everywhere we'd go Bike everywhere week. we'd go I'd have to find a Harley shop and get a, a a T-shirt I don't do that anymore they're way too expensive and I'm cheap but um so I threw that Harley shirt on and I didn't even grab my Bible. Oh, with, wow. da- with David, I knew I didn't need it. He was going. He was going right. to quote the whole scripture. So I just <laughs> jumped in the car and, and flew out the door and went. And um, actually, I flew out the door, then jumped in the car. But um, it's always worked. But better yeah, that way. it does work a whole lot better that way. And and I got there, and I just you know service had already started, and the choirs were up there singing, and um, um, I just slid into the back row, and um, sat down there, and. Um, you know, and, and as as I get there, I'm kind of kind of sitting back there in the back, and I'm looking around. I don't see David anywhere. And um, so, long story short, um, good crowd they call, there. Oh, full. <laughs> I mean, David always packed the place, and um, I mean, people would come from three or four counties to to come wherever he was preaching. And mm-hmm. and so I um, I slid into the back, noticed David wasn't there, and Delbert, their their pastor, pulled, mm-hmm. called for all the ministers to come to the front. And God will, you know, God will tell us who's going to speak tonight's message. And so I'm like, nope, not this guy. I'm just going to sit right here. Everybody else can figure that out. Well, God had already started speaking in my heart that it was me. Right. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And I said, so-and-so's here, so-and-so's there. They're the most big feeling people in the world. They're going to say it's them, and they're going to get up there and, and do it, and I've wasted <laughs> my time coming. Um, but, um, you know, so... I'm kind of sitting there processing all of this in my head, thinking I'm not going up there, and they had already gotten up there, and everyone's straightening their tie and looking just right, and everything else like that, and 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 you know, Delbert's just a wonderful human being, and yeah. and and Delbert says, uh, "Did I see Brother Jay Mace come in?" I'm like, "Dang, quiet." <laughs> 
I'm like, are you kidding me? And uh, so I, I just kind of left. He said, come on up here, Brother Jay. I'm like, dad. On it, <laughs> and and so so I go up and I and I join the prayer and I knew I mean I knew that it was, it was me and here I am Harley T shirt Holy Blue jeans not that there's anything sacrilegious about Harley Davidsons I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea of what I'm saying but it just you know I didn't look the part because back then it was suit and tie the right. whole bit right and um, so forth and and so like right before we prayed Delbert winks at me so Delbert knows too God's already talking to Delbert right. so I'm just like. Come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> and um, so the whole time we're praying, God's telling me what I'm going to preach. I'm but, not even praying. But you didn't get this at the house. I didn't get this at the house. Uh, yeah, I had no idea. I was focused there. on my work. And so the whole time I'm preaching, God's telling me what I'm going to preach. Or praying, God's telling me what I'm going to preach. I'm not even praying at this point. Right. Because I'm downloading from God what, <laughs> right. what he wants me to do. Right. And I'm still thinking to myself, nah, so-and-so's. So and so is going to say it's him. This is a great opportunity for him. He's going to jump all over that, and um, so forth. And the prayer ends, and Delbert goes, looks right at me. God say anything to anybody? Looking right at you. Looking right at me. And so that made everyone else look at me, <laughs> and and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's it's me, it's me. And you know, I saw those other guys. Snarl up their nose, you know, and everything else. Well, I so bet Delbert you they still says, do. So Delbert <laughs> says, you know what? We're going to sing a couple of congregational songs, get Jay an opportunity um, to get himself ready, and, uh, and we'll hear what God has. And he put his arm around me. He says, Brother Jay, if you walk right through there, you'll find, um, I don't know if he said it was his office, but a, a room or something. You know, you'll find Bibles and everything in there. He said, just um, um, when you're ready, come on out and, and we'll get started. And I'm like, okay. Priest Evan, did you? And, um, and man, powerful altars were full. Um, just um, yeah, it's just amazing what God will do yeah. when you're not when you're not the point and you're not the reason and and yeah. you're not the spotlight. And you know that was a that was a spiritual Kodak moment for me. Yeah. You know, suit and tie didn't mean crap. Didn't I think, mean anything. I and, think you started this whole trend around the world. <laughs> so, that was you who did it. Um, uh, yeah. So I've I've just never been that person. You know, I wore uh, I've I've worn Steeler jerseys in the pulpit before because I just, I just I'm just going to throw that on and me, go. And me, you know, people snarl their nose up, but that's all. But uh, it is what it is. It. Yeah. Before we get into John chapter six, I got to tell you a quick story. So you know this this moped binge that I've been on. You know, yeah. to, to buy a moped, and it's not one of those little, little dorky looking mopeds that you know that people. It's it's nice. It's it's got fancy stuff on it. You know, and I I think it's going to be fun. So I had lunch with a buddy of mine the other day who has a couple of motorcycles, and I know nothing about this stuff. I'm learning. You know, airplanes and cars, I'm good with. But I don't know nothing about motorcycles. And if my mom was alive today, she would be all over me about it. So, but anyway, so I thought I got to have a helmet. You know. So my buddy, uh, I said, man, where can I get a helmet? He said, well, there's a Harley Davidson place down, you know, in Spring Hill, you know, South Charleston. Let's go down there. So we went down there. And so you walk in, some of the nicest guys down there. I mean, some of the nicest oh, guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you know, I walk in. And so the guy, so I go in, I say, and here's how I said it. I said, um, I need a helmet for my bike. <laughs> <laughs> If you notice, I didn't say my <laughs> motorcycle. Over here. over here. Lord. <laughs> I'll put the camera on you. Stay on there. So I said, I need a camera. I need a I need a helmet for my bike. And so I made sure I didn't say my moped. Oh. You know? <laughs> and so. Oh, I'm a, you're killing me. So I'm trying to figure it out. And so. I said, I just need a helmet. So they take me back into the helmets and this guy stuff. So then these guys are talking. These guys are talking to me after you know I pick up the helmet. And I got a nice helmet. It's it's going to be cool. And uh, so what, what what kind of bike do you have? <laughs> and it's like, man, I don't want to talk about this, you know. And so I told him, I said, well, I said I have I have a hangar that has an airplane in it in Gasaway, West Virginia, and I said I need. 
a vehicle so I can drive back and forth to the church that I pastor. I thought I'd throw that in, you know, and I said, so I just bought just one of those. I showed him the picture. He said, well, that looks nice. You know, he says, whenever you're ready to upgrade, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm in a Harley place, mine a helmet for a moment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I felt like... I felt like, you know, it's like, this is so wrong. But I, I thought of that when, when you said Harley. But they were very nice and very respectful. Hey, I'll tell you what. Bike, biker guys are some of the best dudes on the face of the earth. My only advice is just don't be stupid. No. They're going to they're gonna treat you with respect. And well, they're going to protect you. Yeah. And, and, I mean, there's a few bad seeds out oh, there. Yeah. There's Everywhere. with anything. But, you know, there's bad seeds in the church. But... Um, yeah, biker, biker guys are great. So they ended up just one quick thing and then we'll get back into it. So they had a, they invited us, uh, me and my buddy to this luncheon, this dinner <laughs> I mean, that they do for my bike. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm still dying. <laughs> so, so he said, he said, well, we're having a dinner tomorrow night, you know, up in, uh, up in Canal city and, you know, and won't you guys show up? And I told James, I said, I'm not going to that dinner. And I, he said, Why? And I said, I have a moped. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to go in there like I'm some uh, good biker, you know, guy. But anyway, I thought you would like that story. That's hilarious. Well, I'm dying. 70 miles to the gallon. You I'll can't beat it. it. I've it. had the same thoughts before. Yeah. I've just... Just not pull the trigger. You, but you better I've, be careful. I may I've buy you one. <laughs> <laughs> I may buy you one, and you and I go go down to Harley and get you yeah, get you a helmet. Get our chaps on. That's yeah. That's go so for funny. a Sunday drive. Uh, that's a hoot with our wives on the back. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. So, what's your um, what's your take on John? If, if we can ever get this back, John chapter six, because this is where you were preaching, starting at verse twenty two. Um, what what's God what's Jesus saying in here to the people uh, that that you brought out in the sermon? Um, a lot, <laughs> um, but I think I think his main point, and I have um, you know I've doubled down on on this a lot this week in in conversations and in some different posts. But you know, if there's one point in this when. You know, the, the Jews were very, and, and he's addressing the Jews here. He's not addressing um, the religious rulers or anyone else. He's addressing the crowd, and he's addressing Jews. And he even, you know, John's very articulate to say, you know, that the Jews asked this, and he said this to the Jews, and, and, and very pointed that he's addressing the Jews. And something that you find about the, the Jewish religion is they're very traditional and they're very orthodox in in remembering all of the things where God moved. You know, whether it was, you know, Passover because of, you know, that led to the exodus out of Egypt, whether it was, um, you know, um, you know, the manna in, in the desert, um, all of these great moves of God that had gotten them to life and and even though they were they were whining and crying and and murmuring in the desert, you know the generations after that all they remember is the story. They don't remember the whining and crying and and complaining that kept that generation from coming into the promised land. All they remember is the stories they were told that God fed us every day. God fed us manna and everything else. But those same people, even though God was feeding them manna, were not allowed into the promised land. Because of their flesh, because of their mindset, because of their attitudes, and and because of their lack of vision, right? Their lack of spiritual vision. And um, Jesus really cranks down on them here, and and says to you, you know, your your fathers ate manna in the desert and are mm-hmm. dead, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, if you think about if you think about how Jews processed God at that time and and in their life and in their ways processed God it was more ritualistic mm-hmm. than than it was what we know as church in in any form right mm-hmm. it was very ritualistic it was very much this happened 
and and we're giving God thanks for it. We're having a feast to give God thanks for it. We're doing all of these things. You know, I'm not I'm not belittling that. I have sure. some great Jewish friends, and and I respect wholeheartedly their, um, you know, their passion to to do these things. And and they're they're, you know, they're good people. They're not the complainers and murmurers. But um, Jesus is 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 really creating a landmark here because all of these people were fed. You know, remember we just came out of John oh, yeah. chapter five where he fed the thousands, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and understand that the church board told him he couldn't do it, right? right. Oh, yeah. Church board said, nope, send them home. We don't have enough. We're shutting this down. And Jesus says, you know what? You embarrass me. I'm going to go talk to this kid. Right. Because this kid brought a lunch and he believes I can do something with it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go talk to him and ignore and ignore you guys, right? Right. And and so you know, I I just kind of have this scene, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a John Wayne moment with Jesus. You right. know, the disciples are there telling Jesus what he can and can't do, right. and and Jesus is just like, move, just get out of my way. Hey, kid, come here, bring me <laughs> right. bring me your lunch, and let's see what we can do together with it. That's and um, you know, and he he feeds all of these people to to excess. You know, yeah. the, the Bible says they were full, they were mm-hmm. filled, right? They they had everything that they wanted to, they couldn't eat anymore. Mm-hmm. And some of these people hadn't probably eaten in days, wow. right? And he fills them to mm-hmm. excess with leftovers, wow. right? Yeah. And yeah. so forth. And so he, he gets away, right? And, and just being long story short, he, he, he moves himself away because he knew that, that they were going to come after him and, and the people follow him. The people get up the next day, see that he's gone. And so they, they jump in their boats and, and pursue him. Right. Looking for him. Looking for him. And, and so now we have this moment we have this scene where, you know, they're, they're asking him, mm-hmm. you know, who he is and they're, they're wanting more from him. And he says to them, look, you're following me because I fed you. Yeah. Right. You know, you're following because you, you ate of the bread. All right. But here's the declaration that he makes that I think if we don't take anything else away from from this message or this chapter, is he said, sooner or later, you, you're going to have to eat of me. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to eat my flesh and you're going to have to drink my blood. Yeah. Right. And and it says, you know, they're kind of like, what? You know, kind of like a Nicodemus moment. It's like, what do you what do you mean born again? Right. They're kind of in that moment, you know, as, as you read down through this. And and he says, what do you mean? You know, that, that we have to to. Eat of your flesh. Right. They couldn't comprehend the I am the bread of life statement. And and they're. They're attacking that idea and ultimately him in in every way. You know, is this not Jesus that was born of Joseph and Mary? You know, he's certainly not the bread of life. He's certainly not worthy of that. You know, and, and so they're attacking him personally, right? And one thing we need to understand, you know, I I've, I was in debate for years and um, won a lot of competitions with that and everything. And, and one of the number one rules of debate, is don't attack your opponent. Don't attack. When when you make it personal, you say you you make your argument weak. Mm. Right? Set down your facts and stand on your facts. And 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 you know, illustrate your facts well. Right? But when you start attacking the person, you've already weakened your argument. And, and so here's what they're doing. They don't understand it. So what do they do? They start attacking Jesus. They start attacking where he came from. You know, they start attacking who they believe he is rather than listening to what God is saying he is. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and so Jesus comes back to them and, and they have this moment where, where Jesus says, your fathers ate manna in the desert. All right. Right. Now he is attacking, not them. He's not making it personal. He's showing them that this this thing that they hold, starting at verse 49, 48, he says, I am the bread of life. He's reiterating. He's doubling down. 
knowing that they're arguing amongst themselves about it, knowing they're pointing fingers at him, knowing that they're attacking him, tearing him down, he doubles down and says, I am the bread of life. And and now he's he's giving them the shock moment to help them grasp it. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. Right. I mean, yeah. that's I mean, pretty blunt. You know, it, like <laughs> I think I said in the middle of the message, Jesus ain't playing no more, y'all. No, he's 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 getting ready to lay down his life for you. Yeah, and he's making sure you get it. Right. He's making sure that the the customs and the rituals and the feasts and and all of these things. Right. Right. That that you celebrate, and no one's arguing that you shouldn't celebrate those things, right? Just like I was celebrating spiritual Kodak moments in in my life, there are things that we should celebrate that sure. God moved on us with. So He's not taking that away from you. He's not taking that memory or tradition away from you. But what He's saying is, you've got to move past it, yes, and realize that your spiritual existence is not and will never be rooted in that thing. Yes. Right? Your fathers ate manna in the desert and are dead. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe I know the end of the story, so it's easier for me to take the gut punch on that. But man, that was, a, that was a gut punch from Jesus. Yes. Right? He is punching them all in the gut and, and saying, I am what you should seek. And he goes on. To say in verse fifty three, verily, truly, I'm in the I'm in I'm in the NIV. I don't know how Bible Gateway got me in the NIV, and I don't like it. But um, I'm not against translations, but I despise the NIV. Thank you very much. Um, but but verse fifty three says, verily, truly, I, I tell you, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, mm-hmm. you have no life. All right. Right. And I think what Jesus is saying to all of us there, and there's a lot of stuff here. I mean, there's there's a lot of things we covered. There was even a lot of things when I was outlining the message that I was just like, okay, I can't go down that rabbit hole. I can't go down that rabbit hole. I can't go down that rabbit hole. These are my three points, and this is where I'm staying. Um, but But he is telling us that who he is and what he is— and what he does and how he examples all of us or examples all of it to us is meat for us it is it is the bread of life for us right so so every teaching you know the things written aforetime were written for our learning not necessarily our doing right some of the things yes some of the things no but all of the things written for time were written for our learning. Jesus is saying to us that we should be eating of his example. Why? Because he is the culmination of all of the things that were and all of the things that are to come. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He is the all in all. And if there is something that we need to eat of and drink of, and make our life attuned to, it's him. Yes. And only him. Because everything else, even good stuff, everything else we can eat from and die. But if we eat of him, if we we make him our presence, and we make him our existence, and we make him our motivation... Yes. Then we have life. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> One of the things that um, I've seen, I preached this message last week about um, you'll never you'll never thirst again. Okay, he said, if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. He said, inside of you, there will be a spring of living water and a well. Okay, that's what that's what's inside of us. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> well, now I'm on a I'm on a um, a quest here on verse 35 of John chapter six. He says, "I am the bread of life. 
He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Okay, in the other scripture I read, he said, you'll never thirst. Now he's saying, you'll never hunger. Mm -hmm. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And it just, I'm sitting here reading this while you're talking, and I'm thinking, wow, that just is part two of the message that I preached last week. Yeah. But, But if he says that you'll never thirst again if you drink from me, and he's saying that he's the bread of life, and if you, and if you, he says here, he says that I am the bread of life and he that cometh to me shall never hunger. So what seems to be the problem? Why are people, why are people starving to death spiritually? And why are people dehydrated spiritually mm-hmm. when there's no reason for it? Well, and Jesus was one of the greatest ever at object lessons. Yeah, you know the woman at the well, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, the woman at the well um, had come to fill her pots. Yes, and and take back into town, and and we know her story. She was dried up, man. She had no emotion left. She had no loved left. Right. She was just going through the motions, trying to get from place to place, and thing to thing. Right. And, um. That's you really know. not what's on there. Okay, good, because you're you're kind of freaking me out. <laughs> no, you're there's like so many things going on here. No, you're good. Everyone else at home is like, what are, what are they doing? But no, you're there's fine. like all kinds of things happening around us. Um, but, um, you know, and, and so Jesus used that to illustrate to her, look, you're dry. And and I know you're dry. Right. And and what I'm offering you is is more than a drink, Right. Because you you're thirsty for more, yes. Than than just some water, you're you're thirsty for for fulfillment. You're you're thirsty for meaning. You're thirsty for um, for desire. You're you're thirsty for life again. Yes. Right. And and I can spring up inside of you, right. And and provide all of that for you, right. Yes. She wasn't looking for bread. She wasn't looking for sustenance. She wasn't looking for money. She wasn't looking at anything. She was looking for meaning right. because her meaning had been taken from her again and again and again and again, right. right? To now where she had no meaning, so she was just being used and abused, honestly. Uh-huh. And and so now Jesus was saying to her, I can bring all of that back and and not just bring it back, but I can make it overflow from you. And I love how I love how the chosen depicts her, right? Because like when, when they start going into town and everything else, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I know, we've heard, right? Come see a man that told me everything I ever did, right?" Yeah. Because what? She's overflowing, right? right? She's overflowing Jesus, right? And and I think that was his invitation. It's his invitation to her, but ultimately his invitation to us. Yes. Right. I can overflow in your life. It's the same thing here. In, in John chapter 6, where he's saying to them, look, eat of me. Watch me. Right. Watch me. See how I live. See how I do it. I, I'm doing it the same way you were called to doing it. You've just screwed it up for all of these years. Mm-hmm. Right? You've allowed religious leaders to make a mockery of what God truly intended. Yeah. Right? So I'm here to tell you, eat of me. Right live like me. And and it's the crux of this whole series, really. Jesus together. And the reason we don't get church and the reason we don't really operate as a church together on the level that we're called to is because we don't really get Jesus. Right. Right. And so that's that's the whole point of this Jesus together um ideal. I mean, I don't even think it's a sermon series. It's more of of an ideal, and it's more something that for this year, I wanted our church to be focused on, right? Because I want you to be focused on the life of Christ, because that's what we need to be eating of, right? right? You know, and, and not that I'm discounting Paul, and not that I'm discounting John, and not that I'm discounting... Peter and I'm not I'm not discounting any of the epistles or 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 Romans and in Hebrews and all of those things. I'm not discounting any of of the New Testament when I say this. 
But when we read those things, we have to read those things understanding that the men writing them mm-hmm. were eating of Jesus's flesh and drinking of Jesus's blood. Right. If we don't get that, we don't understand right. what they're telling us to do and how they're telling us to right. live because it's all a culmination of what they experienced right eating and drinking Jesus Christ. And I don't think that the scripture and, and I think I think you'll agree with me here he's mm-hmm. he's not talking fleshly here <clears throat> in oh, verse no. in, in this verse, no, you know. No. I he says I I am the bread of life and he that cometh uh to me shall not hunger but shall believe and shall never thirst. He he throws that thirst back in there again. Mm-hmm. But then he says I was talking about so if if I read that one verse right there that backs up what your sermon is saying, that right there tells me that I'm going to be spiritually fed and I'm going to drink from him and I'm going to eat from him. And then that will put my spiritual diet, so to speak, in balance. And I'm not going to be consumed with the past. I'm not going to be consumed with the future. I'm going to be content in the right now because I'm full. Yes. Right. And I'm full of the right things. Mm -hmm. Right. Which means my, my heart, my emotions, my, my mindset is all where it should be and on the right things. That's so good, man. I tell you, I get so many sermon ideas from you. Thank you. (laughs) That doesn't mean it's me. It means it's biblical. (laughs) I know. I hope, I hope it's Uh, biblical. Of course. I know. So, so what? What's uh, give us a little tease on what Sunday's about? Um, Sunday is the uh, Sunday is the next step. We'll step into John chapter seven on um, Sunday, and and we're just going to keep walking through the book of John until Jesus says, "Nope, I'm done here," and and move on. Because again, I, I think this whole Jesus together thing is I I would I just listened to people, <coughs> and, and this isn't an insult to anyone. I just listened to people, and and I had this realization one day through through a very ugly course of of events, and I'm like, man, these we're not getting Jesus. Right. We're not getting Jesus right. 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 We can Bible thump all day long, but we're not getting Jesus right. And, and that's what really drove us to this series and this idea that Jesus matters, not just because of the cross, right. not just because of, of his death and not just because of his resurrection, but because of his life. Right. His life is, is the culmination of everything that happened and everything that will happen. Right. And how we're to live in it and how we're to live through it. That's so good. And and if we don't get Jesus right, we can't get any of it right. Right. And and so the whole idea of of this this series is to get us to Acts chapter two. Mm-hmm. If you remember the first sermon of the series was Acts chapter two. Right. And and I told him we're never gonna get there together. Yeah. If we don't get Jesus right. Yeah. And, I, I, and so I we, have, we have to get Jesus right. Everything else, I said this in, in, in one of my sermons, is, is everything else is minutia, mm-hmm. right? It's everything else is truly meaningless if we don't get Jesus right. Right. And, and so that's our, that's our point. So we're going to keep walking through John. We're going to keep looking at, at the life of Jesus and... Um, and making that the point. I like that what you said uh, was we don't get to Pentecost individually. No. No. It's like we no. can't do life our way. Mm. And I love that. Got to persecute the flesh. Man. I'm a fan, man. God's using you in this series, and I just uh, absolutely love it. And God's doing some faithful things. When you uh, when you started uh, the Winfield Campus, one of the things that you always— I didn't start that. I well, was against it. <laughs> That, that was a God thing. Yeah, it is a God thing. The when when you came on board, should I say the one of the things that that you concentrate on big is the kids. Yes, kids and family. Yeah. And so, um, and that's that's biblical too. It goes back to Jesus on the shore, 
Yeah. Um, with Peter, Peter, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Right. And yay, Lord, you know that I do feed my lambs. Yeah. Yeah. He he did he did go on to say feed my sheep, but the first thing out of Jesus' lips were feed my lambs. Yes. And if we're not starting with our kids, man. Yeah. If the kids aren't the focus, and if they're not the main point, then every point after that is meaningless. Yeah. And um, so it's about the and, kids. and we're thankful to have a lot. We yeah. we have we have a lot of kids. And, and man, it just, you know, it's why we cheer them on every Sunday when we dismiss gospel quest and, and, and everything else, because it, it matters. It, it matters. Sorry. No, no, no. So I, know you're, I know you're trying to wrap up. No, I, I was uh, getting to where, uh, what's going on this weekend as in a way of, um, you know, with church and, and gospel quest and, and, and youth, you have youth meetings, mm-hmm. youth five to seven on Sunday evenings. At the church. Five to seven Eastern Eastern Standard Time on, on Sunday evenings. Middle school, high school, we'd love to have you. It doesn't matter what church you go to. Um, if you have a desire, if your kid has a desire um, to be under the fervor of the Lord, then then we're, they're welcome there. Tell us a l- little bit about the food bank. The food bank, Elaine, Bob and Elaine Fridley um, and, and Melissa Smith helped help them. Um, just a wonderful thing. Elaine came to me and she's like, I want a food bank. I'm like, okay, do it. Which you know, it's kind of That's my answer to everything, <laughs> and yeah. um, so forth. And so they're open the second and fourth Tuesday um, of every month, and they accept donations uh, from the church, from the community. I mean, we've had we had a guy show up a couple Saturdays ago and just drop off three hundred dollars worth of food, wow, and everything else for them to put it in there. Um, we're working right now. If you've seen the. Um, uh, the cheerleading camp that the little league cheerleaders in Winfield are putting on, uh, they're doing that and, and they're doing a food drive as part of that. And, and all of that's getting donated to the church. The, the midget league football in Winfield, um, does a can drive that's going to be donated back to the church. And, awesome. and so it's, it's something that has reached the community mm-hmm. and, and something that the community is involved in. And that's, what's the most exciting thing about it is yes, the church is doing a lot and Elaine and Bob work, um, tirelessly to to make it everything that it's become. And it's because of them and their heart and their vision for it that it's been successful. But um, we feed anywhere from, um, well, I don't say we feed, we provide food for um, anywhere from eight to, I think as many as 17, 18 at, at some of those Tuesday wow. offerings. Um, and, um, you know, there are literally sometimes there, you know, the church um, provides money every month for that in addition to what the community um, and the congregants bring in um, to that just to make sure that they always have something. And, um, you know, so, you know, between the church and individuals in, in the community, man, we're, you know, we're, we're touching lives. We're feeding people that otherwise aren't, aren't being fed and, um, you know, trying to, to, to embody what, what chapter six is telling us here and, Amen. and to live a life of Christ, don't send them home, man, feed right. them. You know, the church board said, send them home. And, yes. and Jesus said, Nope, not gonna. Yeah. And, and he fed them. So, um, so yeah. I, and again, all of that is, is Bob and Elaine and, and Melissa. They, they do all of the work. Um, uh, my hands are, are rarely in it. Um, and just proud of them and, and everything that God's doing through them in it. It's an it's an awesome thing to be a part. What um, I had this idea while while we were talking here, I wanted to I wanted to promote this uh, because this is this is part of yeah. you too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because <clears throat> you know you have, and that's so small. Let me hold, hold on a minute. Let me make it a little bit bigger on on my page here so I could see. Okay, so <laughs> coming up uh, tomorrow night, this is uh, in West Virginia, April the twenty second at six p.m. at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Uh, which is in Elkview, West Virginia, um, the uh, SGMA of West Virginia is uh, going to induct several people into a, a ceremony and a concert. Uh, the Guardians are phenomenal. I, mm-hmm. I know them. They're really yeah. good people. Um, but you have uh, Jack Cart. Uh, you have also Debbie and Tony Petrie uh, that are coming into uh, the um, Hall of Fame people that we know, mm-hmm. uh, Clarence Moore, uh, also, uh, Tom Parsons, um, you know, is coming in. So at Squires, uh, JD Coots too, right? 
Isn't JD getting JD, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, JT Koontz is coming in, and Scott Brooks. I don't know Scott. Dean Hickman, I don't know who Dean mm-hmm. Hickman is. But um, some of these people that I know. <clears throat> so we want to encourage you to be a part of this. If you want to go, it's free admission. Uh, all the sponsors are on there uh, as well. And I just thought because um, Pastor Jay and I are affiliated with uh, Debbie and Tony Petrie as well as Jack Cart and several of them who with the with the Lordsman over the years. So I just I'm proud of them, and I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. No one deserves it more. Yeah. Um. You know the the Petries and and the Carts have have worked really hard for years. Um, ministering in, in revivals and, and church services, um, you know, all over uh, the country or at least the eastern side of the U.S. and yeah. and and just done a phenomenal job and and have the best hearts, yeah, and and everything and endured a lot and endured oh, a yeah. whole lot and um, so yeah, I don't I don't think there's anyone more deserving than than those guys and so I'm gonna try to um, go to that tomorrow night yeah. just to just I wish I help. had known sooner. Um, or I would have, uh, I would have liked to have been there, but I'm committed. Um, so I do want to thank you, thank you, give him my love and um, kiss on the cheek from me. Um, I want to tell everyone that's watching to save the date for August 18th. That's a Friday evening, Saturday the 19th, and Sunday morning um, the 20th. The Pulse Winfield will be hosting our first uh, conference. Um, can't give all of the details yet. We'll have an event page and we'll have everything, um, set up, um, for that very soon, but it's for everyone. It's, um, you know, it's, it's relational in, it's going to be relational in every way, um, as far as our earthly relationships are concerned, whether that be in marriage, whether that be in dating, whether that be, um, you know, just in, in, in our relationships, you know, like mine and yours, uh, it can be applied to, to all of that. And, and it's all rooted and, and founded in what God is doing. So, Amen. uh, we're super excited, um, about that and to have the opportunity of it. Uh, it was born out of the Ignite conference that, that we just attended. And it was a yes. session that you and I, John, um, went to, and I was just blown away. Very good one. Um, by that presentation. And, um, and and so we've been pursuing this and uh, finally able to dot the I's and cross the T's this week and and to get it scheduled. So. And, you know, you and I weren't going to that one. You were you were headed one place. I was headed another. And and then I saw you going in there. And I thought, well, I'll just go with him. So and it's like, yeah, we could we could have missed that. Yeah. And man, I'm so glad we were there. Oh, man. Me too. It, it was just awesome. Thing. Me too. It was a God thing. No doubt about it. Well, let me tell you something. Being a part of this ministry, God is faithful, and and we're so thankful for you partnering with us. You can text the word PULSE to 1304-244-3187, or you can go to our website, uh, thepulsewv.com, thepulsechurch.com, and and give through PayPal, or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 561 Eleanor, E-L-E-A-N-O-R, West Virginia, 2507. Zero. So we pray you have a great day. Thanks for joining us for the Pulse WV Live. Uh, come on, Pastor Jam, we'll show you my bike. <laughs> have a great day, everybody. That's so funny. I know. I, I tell you.